0: Welcome to the
1: Sufi Heart Podcast with Omid Safi, featuring teachings and stories from the wisdom of the Islamic tradition. Omid invites you to a meditation on the transformative power of love and recalling the necessity of healing our own hearts through healing the world. If you'd like to support Omid's podcast, Please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com forward slash Omid. Hello, this is Omid Safi, and you are listening to the Sufi Heart Podcast, brought to you by Illuminated Courses, online spiritual courses to nourish the heart and the soul. This week, we bring you something that is a sign of the times. There are many wonderful students all over the country, all over the world, who are finishing their colleges and universities. They and their families are celebrating graduation, this extraordinary accomplishment of finishing college and university, maybe graduate school, but of course, there are no in-person celebrations. Um, The ongoing challenge of COVID-19 and the coronavirus uh, keeps us from being able to have the kinds of gatherings where we would want to honour the people who are graduating. And uh, as a way of honouring our graduates and their families, of course, uh, none of us ever accomplish anything alone. We only get there together as a community. I wanted to offer a talk that I had put together a few years ago uh, as life advice for graduates. It was something that I had put together for a school that I used to teach at, um, Colgate University. It's a place very dear to my heart. And a lot of people who heard it um, found that they resonated with it, that there was something about the way of defining success as something more than just an individual accomplishment, but rather looking at it as the well-being and the well-doing of a whole community. So with that in mind, I wanted to share it with you. I hope it brings you some joy. And if you happen to know any graduates in this unusual season, feel free to share it with them. May it bring some ease into their hearts as well. Uh, Be well, my friends. Graduates, family members, loved ones, faculty and staff, it is wonderful to be back home. And thank you for using that word because Colgate is and forever will be home to us. We moved here 10 days after we got married, flat broke, 125 boxes of books. (laughs) and one kid. In seven years that we were here, extraordinarily beautiful things happened, and some very difficult things for our nation, including 9-11. Just a few um, walking distances from here, my two beautiful children, Roya and Amir, were born in the Hamilton Hospital. I came here as a scholar who knew how to do research, but I didn't know how to teach. You all haven't had that experience, trust me. In other schools, you have great scholars who don't have the foggiest idea on how to teach. I used to go sit on the hallways outside the classrooms of Margaret Maurer, John Carter, Jim Wetzel, Georgia Frank, with my mouth just hanging open at how every classroom was just this beautiful, artistic presentation. It had a beginning, it had an arc, it would come down and set you up for the next class. That was not my experience in graduate school. So when I had a chance to come back home and share some thoughts with you, I want this to be an opportunity to give something back to you, beautiful people sitting here. The first thing is, I want you to have a tool in your toolbox, I want you to have a weapon to fend off that nastiest question of all. What are you gonna do after graduation? What are you gonna do after graduation? What are you gonna do after graduation? Right? So, if you remember nothing else about love and justice, remember this part. That other great socialist Jew, not Bernie Sanders, the Palestinian one named Jesus, doesn't actually become Christ until his 30. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. You're not any cooler than Jesus, right? That Indian prince, Siddhartha, does not become the Buddha until he's 35. You're not any more enlightened than the Buddha. (laughs) Right? And that extraordinary Arabian visionary, Muhammad, does not become the prophet until he's 40. Take a deep breath. You all have been through so much finishing papers and theses and honors projects, trying to figure out what kind of internship or job you have, wrapping up important friendships and relationships, and you're 21 and 22. Be patient with yourselves. Be kind to your own journey. Places like Colgate, institutions of excellence like Colgate. Tend to preach a language of success, leadership, excellence. Success, <laughs> leadership, excellence. Excellence is great. We all would like to be excellent human beings. I have some questions about leadership. After all, if everybody's leading, who gets to follow? When do we learn followership? When do we learn collegiality, being part of a team when you're not the alpha dog? Those are important life skills too. But mainly what I want to talk about with you is this problematic idea of success. I would even say that we preach a kind of gospel of success in this country. We want you to be successful in life, successful in your love life, successful in your faith, successful in your investment. Real life doesn't usually work like that. Success is not some kind of teleological, good Colgate word. It's not a linear climb up a mountain. Nor is it even something as straightforward to just tossing a cliche out there that the journey is just as important as the destination. The truth of the matter is that life is really messy, and every single one of us, even the ones that from the outside look like we have made it, stumble and fall flat on our face multiple times. We fail personally. We fail to be kind to those that we're closest to. We fail in jobs that we apply for. We have many of our manuscripts rejected before somebody takes it. And I would like for us as a learning community, and this is not the end, this is a resting stop, in a lifelong commitment to learning, to have a better conversation about how do we process failure. There's a wonderful quote from Samuel Beckett that I love to come back to, to guide me on this. He says, ever tried, ever failed. No matter. Try again. Fail again fail better. Fail better. Or if you prefer Leonard Cohen, aka Shrek, (laughs) right? Love is not a victory march. It's not just about a goal, it's not just about the path to get there, it's about buoyancy, it's about the bounce back. It's about getting back up after you've landed, depending on your metaphor, flat on your face or on on your tiny hiney. It's about learning to fall better, fail better, to crack more whole. It's about learning to break more gracefully. It's about learning to heal better, to get back up again and to fail again. I'd like for us to have a more generous and kind understanding of what does it mean to have a successful life, which is not about individual accumulation of goodies, but it's actually about the transformation of communities. It is bathed in humility, and it's practical. So based on not quite a lifetime, but it sort of feels like a lifetime of parenting and failing and learning and loving and losing, here's just a few very practical letters that I've accumulated along the way that I'd like to share with you graduates. There's five of them. Number one, have your heart be where your feet are. Have your heart be where your feet are. If you are sitting here, you have worked your tail off. you worked hard in high school to get to a really great university. You got to a really great university. You got to a really good university and you were (laughs) pre-law, pre-med, pre-consulting. P.S. P.S. What the hell are you qualified to consult people on that earns you $100,000 a year? (laughs) Go out there, get some life experience, and then go consult people. I have never understood that for the life of me. (laughs) Whatever. Be pre-med, be pre-law, do not be pre-life. Avoid this trap that I'm going to work really hard, and I'm going to make so much money, I'm going to bounce from this job to that job, this neighborhood to that neighborhood, wife number one, wife number two, husband number one, husband number two, then I'll retire, and then I'm really going to start living. Honey, this is as good as it gets. (laughs) Like, you have hair on top of your head. (laughs) Do you realize? This is as good looking, it's downhill (laughs) from here on, right? You get up in the morning and your body parts don't jiggle. Like this is a good thing, right? Your life will not start down the road. This is life. And there will be more to come. Embrace it. Hug it. Welcome it. Be generous to it. Number two, I urge you, to explore your hearts. Get to know yourselves. Befriend yourself. So many of you, I know this from having been here, are so careful about what you put into your bodies. P.S., salad and Diet Coke is not a diet. (laughs) It's not. Like entire food groups missing from that. But you're so careful about the right food and the right exercise. Think about your emotions as something that you have to exercise the same level of care for. I'll give you a very practical example. I love to watch you all because you're pretty. You're nice to look at. You make me hopeful for this world that my generation has messed up. The reason we keep asking you, what are you going to do after graduation, is because we want you to come fix it. <laughs> we have not the foggiest idea. We broke it, we don't know how to fix it. Help us, please. We'll work with you. But help us, right? Here's one of the things I learned from watching you all. When you walk into a library, remember those? Right? Not everything is on Google. Or a coffee shop. I missed the barge. (laughs) What do you have against comfy couches, people? (laughs) You want to sell it, sell it, but like have comfy couches, right? (laughs) I thanked the barge in my first book, like there's a paragraph for the barge, (laughs) whatever. When you all walk into a coffee shop or a library, it used to be that the competition was over the comfiest seats or the places with the most beautiful windows. That's not the case anymore. Now when I watch you enter a space, the competition is over electric outlets. Because you need to charge these satanic little devices. (laughs) And if you want to see a young person go into a state of cosmic and existential panic, Wait until the red battery light on their phone comes on and it's like, I must reach, I must plug now, 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 right? Apply the same care to your heart. Know your heart well enough to know what recharges you. And it's going to be different for every single one of us. And it's going to be different for you at different points in your life. For some of us, it might be prayer, meditation, music, yoga, a really good book, walking in the woods, a wonderful conversation with a beloved friend, sitting down with your family, silence, a great poem, and for that alien species masquerading as human, Jogging. (laughs) You're not from my planet, and I know this. But if that's what nurtures your soul, learn it, make it a habit, make time for it. And if you find that you're running on fumes, recharge yourself. Number three, avoid this disease of being busy. One of the things that breaks my heart, whether in the corporate world or in the academic world, which are sadly becoming one and the same, is I ask my friends, how are you doing? And I just get this head nod. Oh, you know, I'm just so busy, so busy, so busy. I'm like, you told me nothing. How do we remember that we're human beings? not human doings. When someone asks you, how are you, don't shout back your to-do list. I'm not asking what do you need to get done today. If we have to rephrase it, what I'm really asking is, how is your heart today? Take that risk with the people who deserve it, who are worthy of it. Make yourself vulnerable to them. Actually tell them. Actually share with them, I'm really struggling right now. I'm doing my very best, but I could really use a hug. And you might just find that it changes the dynamic of your connection with them. You all have done the core class. You know this. Plato, the apology, the unexamined life is not worth living for a human. Examine the life. Take that time to reflect, sit down with your own self, and banish this word busy from your vocabulary, and instead ask the question, is it meaningful? The fourth one is, rather than thinking of success as being tied to a number in your bank account, think of success as a communal experience. It's not about what you and I as individuals can get to, but it is about the extent to which we get to transform the lives of people in our community. You are who you are cause somebody loved you. You are who you are cause somebody sacrificed for you. I am who I am because Ali Safi and Puran Safi loved me because when I got to Colgate, a John and Sandra Carter, a Georgia and a Leslie and a Karen befriended me. I want you to examine your circle of compassion and find out how deep and wide is it. Are your three favorite people in the world, me, myself, and I, right? And no more. If so, okay, you have compassion, but you're caught up at the realm of the ego. You make it a little bit bigger, and you say, all right, I'm gonna go beyond myself, I'm gonna love my family, and no more. Great you've got to nepotism, (laughs) hooray. You push a little bit beyond that and you're like, I love my area, my neighborhood, my state and no more. Provincialism, like a little bit bigger, the nation, no more, rabid nationalism. People that have my shade of skin you are a racist. People that bow down and pray, or not pray, the way that I do. A religious chauvinist. Continue expanding your circle of compassion until every sentient being and every human being is included, no exceptions. And the last thing I want to tell you practically is don't give up on love. Love is hard. It will break your heart and it will heal you. But don't give up on it. Don't confuse phenomenal sex with real love. If you get the double package Like, get down on your knees and thank Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, and Krishna all at once, because the heavens have been good to you. (laughs) Right? Don't confuse the person who texts you the most with the person that actually loves you the most. Recognize that love comes in many shades and sizes. There's the love of your parents, of your friends, of your classmates, of the neighbor, the stranger, the teacher. Love the teacher. (laughs) The puppy. If you don't have one kind, seek the others. And remember that what we mean by love, it's not an emotion. It's not Hallmark. It's not Valentine's Day. Love for us is nothing shy than the unleashing of God onto this realm. It is love that brought you here. It is love that sustains you here. And it is love that will deliver you back home. The minute you experience real love in any of these contexts, you have merged into that cosmic current that's going to carry you back home. And if you care about justice and social justice, and by God you should, Because this planet is burning up, and the people are crying out at home and globally. We need you. We need you not to be successful. We need you to be great. Greatness as measured by the extent to which you're willing to put your love into the service of others. Here's the secret that no one tells you about justice. All that we mean by justice is love. When love comes into the public arena. That's all we mean by justice. That we want for other people's babies the same thing that we would want for our own babies. So let me leave you with this. You are loved. If you are sitting here, somebody has loved you, somebody has sacrificed for you, reach back to them and extend the circle, welcome people into that circle of compassion. You have worth not because of what you do, but because of the content of your soul, because of the depth of your commitment. Remember that we do live in a moral universe and that kindness is the greatest virtue. When you're trying to pick your friends, pay attention to how kind they are to people around them. And pay attention to what qualities they bring out in you. None of us are all saints and all sinners. Every one of us is a jumbled mess of contradiction. It's what the great poet Rumi says, each one of us is a jackass (laughs) with wings of angels tacked on. Pay attention to which one of those inner qualities different people bring out in you. Remember that your success is tied up to other people's well-being. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself and to others. Let us strive for this new kind of success. Let me leave you with another Rumi poem. Now I'll stop with this. Rumi says, you and I should live as if you and I never heard of a you and an I. May God bless you May we get to travel together in this shared journey of goodness and beauty. Welcome to the rest of your life. Amen.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.